0: Welcome to Park City Church. You're listening to our weekly message where we hope you'll be inspired and encouraged to know and follow Jesus and welcome and serve others. Thank you for tuning in. This morning from Isaiah, chapter 35, beginning in verse 1. The wilderness and the dry land shall be glad, the desert shall rejoice and blossom like the crocus. Then the eyes of the blind shall be opened, and the ears of the deaf unstopped. Then shall the lame man leap like a deer, and the tongue of the mute sing for joy. For waters break forth in the wilderness, and streams in the desert. The burning sand shall become a pool, and the thirsty ground springs of water. In the haunt of jackals where they lie down, the grass shall become reeds and rushes. And a highway shall be there, and it shall be called the way of holiness. The unclean shall not pass over it. It shall belong to those who walk on the way. Even if they are fools, they shall not go astray. No lion shall be there, nor shall any ravenous beast come upon it. They shall not be found there, but the redeemed shall walk there. And the ransomed of the Lord shall return and come to Zion with singing. Everlasting joy shall be upon their heads. They shall obtain gladness and joy, and sorrow and sighing shall flee away.
1: I'd like to read one more passage of Scripture, which we have read the last couple of weeks, and we'll read again. Uh, it's the theme for all of the conversations we've had during the season uh, of the church. Um, as we prepare to celebrate Christmas, as we prepare our hearts, we, we celebrate that Christ has come at Christmas, but also anticipate that he will come again, and uh, what, what, what both of those comings mean, and that in, in the intervening time, he, he, he miraculously and graciously, as we've sung, comes to us now. Uh, in his love, meets us where we are. So uh, this verse has been sort of the uh, sh- uh, given shape to that conversation for us. Let me read it for us. Luke chapter 2, verses 10 and 11. The angel said to them, the shepherds, fear not for behold, I bring you gro- uh, good tidings of great joy that will be for all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David, a savior who is Christ the Lord. Will you pray with me? God, we come to you this morning humbly and um, Uh, God, in all sorts of places and experiences of life, we ask that in this moment as we sit uh, with the good news of Jesus Christ, as we sit with your word to us, uh, would you uh, open our hearts to receive the gift and declaration of joy that you have worked for us. And I pray that uh, for the barren places of my own life as well this morning. Uh, We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. So we, we have been using this passage uh, from Luke to guide our conversation as we sort of step further back in the story to the book of Isaiah. So this moment in the Christmas story where the angels announce good tidings of great joy because of the birth and arrival of Jesus, we've, we've, we've moved much earlier in the story where that same news is anticipated in the writings of Isaiah. And today we're in Isaiah 35, and in this chapter we find sort of all of these themes converging in a way, anticipation of uh, a life that has been worked in Christ, God coming, but also recognizing there is still this anticipation of further wholeness that God will work uh, in the world. And so uh, today we're in Isaiah 35, and uh, we're just going to jump right in. I, I want to make just a few uh, observations as we sit with uh as we sit with the reading this morning, and the first one is this, uh, and maybe it's a feeling you have when you come to Park City Church. But on, on the one hand, I feel like we read a passage like this, and it's I'm like, this is old news. It's old. It's, it's old news. That often during the season when we celebrate good news, that uh, first we are often confronted with what is old news uh, for us, familiar for us, and this is how we see it in Isaiah uh, chapter thirty four. Is actually a, a, a piece of a, pa- a pear, not the fruit, but it is one half of a pair of, uh, I don't know, it's the second poem in two, right? So chapter 34 is one beautifully written poem. Chapter 35 is another, and the two come together. They're, they're held together in uh, Isaiah as he presents them to us. And in chapter 34, it's judgment, right? It is equally as poetic and vivid and... Um, Uh, beautiful in its language, but it's judgment. It's full of words like we didn't read it, but like thorns and thistles and nettles and pitch and sulfur and jackals. You get the imagery of brokenness and wilderness. Uh, in in chapter thirty four and 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 uh, it's cosmic right it's 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 broad even in our passage it's broad the sense in which the disrepair we feel in the world the scope is large right creation is barren and broken it's run amok it's not sort of fulfilling its created purpose we we see it here it's it's, it's big uh, it's it's um, old news in the sense of like the news around us, right? The state of things around us are uh, unfortunately all too familiar. In creation, but even in sort of the geopolitical like dynamics of the world at that time and, and at the time of Christ's arrival and uh, the times in which we live the context of Isaiah right is a, a, a nation in exile not just creation is broken in chapter 34 and and uh, but but also Uh, the nations, right, Isaiah has turned outwardly to other places of trust. It's looked, you know, the nation of Israel or the northern kingdom and southern kingdom, they've looked to Assyria, they've looked to the Babylon, like, all these uh, Egyptians, all these other sources of trust, and as a result, like, geopolitically, things are just broken, they've been overrun, and, um, you know, all these places of strength and security that they have looked uh, to sort of give them a sense of peace and calm and joy. Uh, all of those places have led to sort of the judgment we find in chapter 34. Barrenness. Wilderness. Right? This is old news. We know this. Right? We, we know that news. Uh, the news around us. But interestingly, in, in Isaiah 35, it's not just the news uh, around us. It, it also speaks to the news inside of us, which I would suggest, again, is also old news. Unfortunately, all too familiar. The news inside of us. I don't know what the news inside of you is, this morning. But listen to the language of the passage that Kristen read for us. The, the 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 new the condition the news of the inside that Isaiah speaks to: tired hands, weak knees, fearful hearts, blind eyes, deaf ears, crippled legs, silent mouths, grieving hearts. Right, the news inside of us. O- old news and. Unfortunately, all too familiar. I've recently been reading through some of the works of a guy named Frederick Buchner, and he uh, passed away recently. Uh, wrote, uh, wrote some beautiful fiction. It's it's lovely. It's been fun to explore. But he's also uh, kind of talks about his experience of grace and the, the Christian faith and this move in his life and uh, as it took shape, and he reflects on these things. And in one particular work, he talks about. Uh, I think it's called the Alphabet of Grace, and he writes this note to the reader that I. Wants uh, want to share with you. He says, I'm a part-time novelist who happens also to be a part-time Christian because part of the time seems to be the most I can manage to live out my faith. Christian part of the time when certain things seem real and important to me, the rest of the time not Christian in any sense that I can believe matters much to Christ or anyone else. That feeling of like it's an honesty about the condition of the news in, inside of us, the old news that is familiar. He goes on to quote uh, uh, another author, which uh, I will share this with you. It has some relevance, but this is what he says. He's, this, he's, he refers to the work of this author. He says This guy says, this is how he put it, any Christian who is not a hero is a pig, right? Okay, which is to say, right, which is to say that, that uh, there's an honesty here about uh, how, how familiar we are with, with the state of things as we find them in Isaiah 34, and 35, that often, maybe more than we care to admit, the condition of things on the inside as well as the outside is broken, bereft of strength, oftentimes barren. Like B- Buchner summarizes that quote like this He's like, Man, from time to time, I, I sure, I can find a kind of heroism momentarily possible where I could do it, right? Like seeing, doing, telling the Christly truth, like I'm able to live it. But he says, Most of the time, I'm indistinguishable from the rest of the herd that jostles and snuffles at the great trough of life. Part-time novelist, Christian pig. If you're paying attention, you're like, wait a minute, did he just call us all pigs? I'm like, yes, that is what happened uh, in that example, which uh, may be a little obscure, but it it resonated with me uh, in the sense that it, it, it resonated with the themes of Isaiah 35, the language of Paul much later. In Romans, what I, what I want to do, I don't do. What I don't want to do, I do. And I'm caught up in this. It's an admission of the condition of the news inside of us. It's old news. It's familiar. We know it. The news around us, the news inside of us, we don't have to reach very far uh, to, 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 to find these things. It's vivid, the language in this passage. We feel it. We feel it because we know it well. We know wilderness. We know dryness. We know fatigue. We know uh, a, a sense of insecurity. We know the feelings of a lack of control. We, we feel the language because we, we know it. We don't have to reach far to taste the pangs of grief or regret or weakness or fear or insecurity or barrenness. This is a wasteland we, we know. It's old news but we do hear something else in the reading this morning which you guys, are like please turn the corner already Matt right like uh, I know it's foggy outside but there's joy in our hearts right like uh, there is something else in this passage and it's good news right it's good news you guys you saw that coming right everyone knew that was the next point of what I was about to say Right? There's old news that we know, but then uh, I guess it would have been new news. There's new news, but that feels weird. So good news. There's good news. There's the promise. right? There's the promise of joy, which interestingly in this passage is not the kind of news that happens around us or that comes uh, from within us, but a, a promise of joy that comes from without, that comes from beyond us. Right? That's the good news in this passage. We read it. Uh, Kristen read it in verse 3. Okay, so we're holding these two chapters together. 34 is judgment, an honest assessment of the brokenness of things. 35 picks that up with this promise of language, this new language of promise, and it says in verse 3, with this news, with this news, strengthen those tired hands. Encourage those with weak knees. Say to those with fearful hearts, be strong and do not fear. Your God comes with recompense. He will save you. Which begs the question, What news? right, with this news. What news? Well, one, what we just read, your God is coming to you. But, but also what, what precedes it, right, in verses one and two, even in the wilderness, he says, even there, verse two, the Lord will display his glory. Do you, do you see what's happening there, right, with, with, with this news, with, with this bit of information, that even in the barren brokenness of your life, even there, On a cosmic scale and inside, right, even there, the Lord will display his splendor and glory, even in the wilderness. finishes with this beautiful picture that through that desert, that desert of your life or the desert of the world around you, God will cut a road. And on that road, sorrow and mourning will disappear. They will fade into the shadows of the bright lights of joy and gladness. It is a beautiful and compelling image. In the same way that the old news was cosmic and personal, so is this, right? It's, it's cosmic, this good news that God will show up in the wilderness. What's the result of that? Well, in verse 1, there'll be joy and gladness and rejoicing and blossoming crocuses and an abundance of flowers, and singing and joy, right? Even creation will feel the reverberating effects of, of God's presence in the desert but it's also personal. It's also weak knees and tired hands worn out from gripping white knuckle to whatever we can control in an effort to build the kind of security our hearts crave for. There's good news there as well. The, the chapter 35 is ripe with imagery of the Exodus. If you know the stories of the Old Testament, right? Uh, God leading the people out of Egypt, another kind of deliverance, and, and leading them uh, through the wilderness. You get all of that imagery in our reading here. Water in the desert, right? That certainly calls to mind God's worth of opening a way through the river. Right? God working, bringing his people back from exile, bringing them home to security. The same movement is at work in Isaiah 35 here, the promise of joy, the good news from outside of us and beyond us is this promise that even in the midst of our wilderness and the world around us, God, God has come and is here and will come to save. I I, uh, have for a long time really um, loved the last couple of verses or verse of this Passage: Those who have been ransomed by the Lord will return. They will enter Jerusalem with singing, crowned with everlasting joy. Sorrow and mourning will disappear. They will be filled with joy, gladness. I, I can't think of a more beautiful picture of security. It's good news. Right? This is Christmas. God says, I have come to be with you. It's good news, but it does raise another question. One, one more bit of news I want us to consider this morning, and I, I may not answer this question, but I just want to acknowledge that it may be present in the room. There's old news that we all deal with. There's the good news of, uh, that we're familiar with, the good news of the gospel, but I, I, I would venture that somewhere in the midst of, of those kinds of conversations of hearing this pronouncement of joy that some of us wrestle with the question like, well, is this, is this fake news? I don't, is it, it might be too soon to make a reference like that. I don't know. I probably have lost you. Now you're thinking about all sorts of cultural things. That's not, but, but I do wonder if there's a sense in which, uh, you know, we hear this pronouncement of joy in the midst of grief and deserts and wilderness. And we wonder, man, that sounds too good to be true. This has got to be fake news. Um, I recently came across uh, the, the work of a, he was a, a priest uh, in uh, Philadelphia, John McNamee, and he wrote a diary of his experience some years ago, it had been made into a movie, and, uh, but in the course of sort of working in those difficult environs and sort of, you know, uh, trying to make sense of the gospel, trying to bring joy into really broken places, kind of talks about that experience, but early in the book he describes a moment where a fellow priest asks him, where is all the promised joy, Mac? Where's all the promised joy?" And maybe that's a question that you carry as well, right? Maybe you don't carry it this morning. Maybe you have carried it at times in your life. Maybe you maybe you feel it, but you tuck it away in the quiet corners of your life and heart, un- afraid to sort of like uh, attend to it for what it might suggest and how it might move you. But it's probably a question you know. Where is all the promised joy? And that feeling, I'm guessing... Uh, you know, doesn't jive well with, uh, like, Paul in Philippians saying, rejoice. Uh, again, I say re- rejoice. You're like, if it were so simple, Paul, uh, sure, right? I, I don't know. Sometimes I read a, 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 a passage like that. I think, Paul, man, that's easy for you to say with your domestic road experience and your commission to be the voice to the Gentiles. And, man, that's great. You know, and then you wonder, like, is Paul inside? Like, is he in on the joke? He's like, rejoice. I know that sounds ridiculous. Let me say it again. Man, that was on cue, right? <laughs> we really could have moved with that and no one would have known. Right? Almost like he's in on it. Rejoice. I know that sounds ridiculous. Just let me say it again because nothing in your life and heart will be able to hear it. Rejoice. And then in that passage in Philippians 4, connects it to the same truth we find in Isaiah 35 that we find in Luke's gospel. Rejoice, he says. Again, I say rejoice. Let everyone see your gentleness. The Lord is near. Your God is with you. He has come to you to save. Right? It's the same movement i don't think paul this is not some sort of happy clappy call to like rejoice right to to ignore the 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 questions in your life or the the honesty of the old news that isaiah is honest about and 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 you probably can uh, honestly confess it's not to ignore deny all of those things paul is not doing that paul is rooting this call in something else a work from the outside we've I think we've talked about this here before, but you guys are familiar with Dietrich Bonhoeffer, the German theologian, resisted uh, Hitler and the Nazis and uh, ultimately lost his life in that endeavor. Uh, but he wrote from, from prison, he wrote, perhaps this is an image that is, I think, probably familiar. He says a prison cell like this, the one he's in, is a good analogy for Advent. One waits, hopes, does this or that, ultimately negligible things, but the door is locked, and it can only be opened from the outside. That is, I think, the, the sentiment that we find in Isaiah, that we hear in the intrusion of the angels in the fields with those shepherds, is the admission that we are familiar with the old news. We are lost in a barren wilderness, but it can be opened from the out. Side, that the call to joy and rejoice is not in some sense a call to sort of muster up the energy to be joyful. Not even for Paul, who could write those words from prison. It's to anchor his life in the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus, God who has come to save you. I, I think it's the only, I know maybe it's not... I don't know, I think it's the only answer to the question of fake news. As you wrestle with where is all the promised joy is to know that the God we're introduced to in Isaiah 35, that the angels will announce to the shepherds is one who will enter that very suffering with you. Will take it on himself, on a cross, and somehow in the midst of all of that barrenness, work resurrection, work life where all there is is brokenness and death. Merry Christmas. I I want to leave you, uh, <laughs> maybe not the right time for sarcasm, I'm realizing now, but uh, is there ever a right time for sarcasm? I don't know. Let me leave you with one more image. Aaron, I think I have a picture. We didn't talk about it, but I got, I got a picture in here. Uh, uh, let's wait. Well, there you go. Yeah, perfect. Great. Uh, uh, that's one of my kids. That's uh, yeah, that's Penny. <laughs> um, so I t- I've told you, I keep talking about it. We we last night we finished this book. We finished the Ember series about the sword wielding rabbits. I'll promise I'll let it go, right? But uh, it's been great fun, and last night's conclusion was emotional and. You know, it was great fun. Uh, but along the way, right, there's been lots of fighting and battles and epic struggles. And along the way, my kids, uh, like, recently, they, they I guess they were inspired by, you know, armor-bearing rabbits. And so this was the creation from some cardboard laying around our house. I don't have a picture of it, but her sister built, uh, like, a, an archery, uh, what do you call the thing that holds the arrows? A quiver. And she, like, and a functioning, like... Like arrow thing she could shoot at us, which was great fun as well. But uh, you know, it was really fun. It was really fun. I want you to hold. I want you to hold this image for just a minute, and uh, as we sit with sort of what Isaiah has told us, this feeling that Advent, as we anticipate Christmas, happens in the darkness of winter. Nights are long and days are short. Maybe a feeling you know in the quiet spaces of your own life and in that darkness you're waiting for joy, any word of joy from the outside, you're just aching for it, maybe in the midst of grief or loss the elusiveness of joy in your life and you, you're like I know maybe joy just feels like fake news maybe in that space right? it's all over the pages of it's all over the pages of the Christmas story, but even in our reading this morning, maybe what you bring into this is fear. Fear. All the characters in the Christmas story, over and over again, don't be afraid, don't be afraid, don't be afraid. Right? Even in this, the heart of this passage in Isaiah, in the midst of this desert, barren wilderness, judgment and brokenness on a grand scale and a, and a, and a personal one. Right at the heart of it, say to those who are afraid. Fear is not the final word. Your God comes to you. Fear not. I wonder. Right? I wonder. We can just leave it up there. Yeah, I wonder, like you. uh, or maybe like my daughter. Like I wonder if what you bring to the fight for joy in your life. Feels it feels like cardboard. Right? You work strive, clutch, you, you feel like you are doing all you can, but at the end of the day, like Bonhoeffer, it just feels like ultimately negligible things. Cardboard, you, you bring, you bring, this is the, this is what Isaiah, I think, draws us into, is that all we bring to the table is cardboard armor, and maybe you are here this morning, and all you are is tired hands weak knees what's the word of hope for you what are the good tidings of great joy for you what's the good news of the gospel I think it's what Paul said I think it's what Isaiah said I think it's what the angels announced to the shepherds the Lord is near your God comes to you even there. The desert of your life. Christ has died. Christ has risen and he will come again and he comes to you now. What do you do with a word like that? Do you muster up the strength? Do you fashion some sort of well-designed armor that lets you navigate through your life in a way that prompts and builds security? What do you do with that? I think the invitation of Isaiah the angels, to the shepherds, Paul, to you and me from that prison cell is to surrender. It's to to let go, to just confess, acknowledge. I think I bring a lot, but oh at the end of the day, it's just cardboard. Not to give up to despair, nor to sort of buckle down and, and really sort of lean into the, my own sort of effort in the struggle. It's neither of those things. It is instead to trust the strength of the one who comes to you now even in the desert of your life.
0: Thank you for listening to the Park City Church Podcast. To learn more about our church and or to find ways to get involved in our community, visit us at parkcitykc.com or follow us on social media at Park City KC.